WNYC Studios is supported by Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. It's the Brian Lehrer Show on WNYC. Good morning again, everyone. Now we conclude our annual series of interviews with the creators of the five Oscar-nominated feature-length documentaries. While much of the media focuses on best actor and actress or the big hit films, Barbie, Oppenheimer, whatever, our attention tends more to the nonfiction side of things, the documentaries. We've spoken with the creators of Bobby Wine, the People's President, about an opposition leader in Uganda, Four Daughters, about a mother and her daughter's in Tunisia, the eternal memory about personal and societal remembering and forgetting in Chile, and 20 days in Mariupol yesterday about the Russian invasion of that Ukrainian city. Like the other four films in this category, today's is set in a country that's not the United States, India. To Kill a Tiger is the name of the film, and it's not about hunting a feline predator, but about a father's devotion to his daughter and his almost unprecedented fight to bring to justice in court the three men who abducted and sexually assaulted her. To Kill a Tiger was written and directed by Nisha Pahuja, and she joins us to talk about the family's journey and her own as a filmmaker. Welcome back to WNYC. Thank you so much for coming on, Nisha. Thank you for having me, Brian. Lovely to be here. I wonder if, to start, you could tell us what we should know about where this took place. You don't specify the name of the village to protect the family, but it's in the state of Jharkhand in eastern India. So can you help set the scene? Yes, um, exactly. So um, the it, it takes place in the state of Jharkhand in a region called Abero, which is a collection of a number of, of villages. Um, and uh, this particular community, it's uh, roughly about a population of, of, of 2,000, uh, and they are primarily Adivasis, which is, which is tribals. They belong to the tribal community of, of, of India. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as you say, the, the film uh, follows the story, uh, the, the struggle for justice. You know, it's a, it's a real uh, David and Goliath story uh, about a man who takes on the fight of his life after his child is is sexually assaulted by by three men and the community that he that he hails from uh, is demanding that he marry her to to one of her rapists in order to preserve the community honor and the and the family honor um and uh, he and his wife and his incredibly brave 13-year-old child uh seek justice and ultimately are incredibly victorious yeah and Again, the crime at the center of the film is so horrific. In 2017, a 13-year-old girl goes to a family wedding 
and stays late with her friends, but is abducted and sexually assaulted by three young men. And while in the course of the film we hear some of the details, it's not really the focus of the story. It's more about the stand of the girl's father supporting her determination to seek justice in the courts. Why did you decide to take that particular angle on it? Um, well, you know, it's it's interesting because this, I mean, this this particular story, it wasn't a story that I was seeking, you know. The, the, the interesting thing about documentaries is when you're in the field, stories actually have a way of finding you. And I feel that this story found me and it was sort of... Um, you know, I just happened to be—I uh, just happened to be at the the right place at at, at the right time, uh, and was able to, you know, was able to 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 follow this family as they as they struggle uh, struggle and and, um, uh, and and reach for reach for justice. Uh, when I when I began uh, the project, when I when I was actually in the field of filming, the the film that I was trying to make was a film that was looking at masculinity. It was a much I guess in some sense a broader, you know, it was a, a, a mm-hmm. broader project, maybe maybe even, I would say, potentially maybe even an essay uh, film. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was following the work of, of an organization called the Center for Health and Social Justice, and they were running with partner organizations. They were running a gender sensitization program across the state of Jharkhand in, in 30, 30 villages, and they were working with men and boys and doing really extensive really extensive gender sensitization training. And uh, they worked with them for three and a half years. So, so my idea was to, was to track the work of the NGO and, and film with some of these men and boys that were in this, in this program. And it turns out that Ranjit, the father, was somebody that was taking part in this gender sensitization program. And um, and then this happened to his child, and I, I began, to track, began to track the story, really not knowing where it was going to go or, or what was going to happen, but just, you know, one foot in front of the other, uh, just, just following the family. There is also a broader, we might call it national critique in this story. You've cited the statistic that there is a rape every 20 minutes in India, most unreported. Yeah. You include some of the news accounts of this case, including a woman commentator asking, is there something fundamentally wrong with our country? Is that one of the questions that you wanted to answer? And is there something you were trying to say about India in particular? Because obviously, rape happens in every country. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, you know, I, I put it out there because that was, that was you know, those were the headlines, right? Those were, those were the things that were People being, were being talked that. about. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I, think, I think for me, you know, when I think about that question, uh, and, and there's no denying the issue of violence against women in India. There's no denying the fact that they they remain, you know, to be seen as second-class citizens, in spite of the fact that, you know, the country actually has an incredibly progressive constitution. The culture, you know, it, there's a there's a disconnect between sort of what the the culture is and what the constitution is. You know what I mean? It's sort of like the aspiration of what a country should be and the reality of of what it is. Um, so there's there's no you know there's no denying that that exists, but I I feel for me you know the question that we need to be asking uh, is what is fundamentally wrong with our world you know where does this uh, where does violence against women come from uh, why you know what are the impulses at at the at the heart of it uh, so th- and I I feel like in some way the reason the film is resonating 
with viewers around the world is because I think they can locate themselves, you know, although it's a very specific story about, um, uh, you know, a farmer in Jharkhand, I think they can find themselves in it in a, in a, you know, in a number of different ways. Uh, just the, the love that, that he, uh, the love that he expresses for his child and, 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 you know, the stakes of life and death and the fact that he's willing to make the ultimate sacrifice, but also just the issue of violence against women, which is, which is global. Listeners, if you've seen To Kill a Tiger and want to speak to its writer and director, give us a call at 212-433-WNYC or anyone else with a comment or a question as you just listened to Nisha Pahuja talk, 212-433-9692, call or text. And, and when you describe it just now as a film that, you know, lives at the community level as, as well as the national level. I mean, a central tension seems to be over the girl's right to justice under the law and morality versus the cohesion of the community in a way that comes up over and over. And the sentiment seems to be that this case will bring shame on the girl, her father, for not protecting her from this happening in the first place, even as he seeks justice for her after the fact, and the village as a whole. So some people offer a, quote, compromise. The ringleader of this gang rape will marry her, marry her, and life will go on. I mean, really? Yeah. Yes, I mean, you know, uh, sitting here uh, in New York, uh, you know, the idea seems utterly absurd, and and um, there's no there's no doubt that it is m- morally wrong, right? Because it is about it is about harm, and and you have to you always, for me, I feel like you always have to human rights, you know, will always trump the the community. Um, but when you're when you're living in a different part of the world. And that is the culture that you know, and that is the culture that you have been raised in, and that culture has been handed down for generations. It's what you believe. And in in India, and, and I and I believe this is true for a number of countries, uh, you know, Eastern countries, the, the the sense of the importance of the community and the importance of the collective uh, is is sort of is. Um, is paramount, you know, and it and it will sort of supersede the needs of the individual or the desires of the individual, because that is how these communities survive. You know, they they depend on a kind of social cohesion. So, you know, when you look at it in in that context, there's something about it that is logical for for them, right? So, mm-hmm. I, I I think I think I think for me, as much as I find some of these <coughs> ideas. Obviously problematic. Uh, I don't. I don't feel as a filmmaker or as a human being. I, I have the right to judge people for having those beliefs. I, f- I feel like my responsibility is to engage in a conversation with people and to try to get them to see a different perspective. And the community or members of the community seem to think that you. And the gender rights advocacy group helping the family were what was making them stay with pursuing the court case 
Uh, did you worry that you were influencing the story as you filmed it? Or maybe you're proud of having influenced <laughs> the story as you filmed it if you think you did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no question. There's, there's no question that we were having an impact on the reality on the ground, you know, that we, we became part of the story. There's, there's, no, there's no question. Um, I, 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 would say that, I would say that, you know, that is true of filmmaking period, you know, documentary filmmaking period, right? Like the, um, the observer is, is always affecting the reality that's, that's unfolding in front of them. But I, I think in this particular case, it was so obvious um, and it was so clear, you know, that we were that we were having an effect uh, on on the communities, uh, the, you know, the life of the community, and, and subsequently the life of Ranjit and, and his family. And we we asked them a lot. We we engaged with them a lot on this question, on camera and off camera. And they they for the first i think there was there was a moment where where mom actually i think the first month of filming with them where she did ask us to stop filming and we did stop filming and then ranjit i think spoke to her and and then they wanted us to come back and so we started filming with them again and you know the reason they kept wanting us to to film in spite of the mounting uh, tension and then you know which ultimately uh, the, the the death threats that that ranjit um, is faced with is because the camera actually afforded them a level of protection, you know? Mm-hmm. We were there to bear witness. And, and interestingly, this is, I've been told by activists in India, the film now, uh, uh, again, affords them a level of protection, which is quite <laughs> extraordinary. And I think, quite. you know, the, the, the other thing, if I may, Please. The, the other thing that, um, uh, the other reason they wanted us to keep filming was also because it meant that they were taken seriously at court. Listeners, if you're just joining us, we have a few more minutes with the director of To Kill a Tiger, nominated for the Oscar for Best Feature-Length Documentary. It's the last of our series of interviews with the makers of all five of the nominated feature-length documentaries, something we've been doing on the show for a number of years. Obviously, there are many great fictional feature films uh, that have been made. I think it's been a particularly good year for movies, actually. Um, But what we focus on here that others don't is the documentaries. And we're finishing up our series uh, with today's guest, Nisha Nisha Pahuja, who uh, made To Kill a Tiger. And there's no English spoken in this film, so we can't play a clip in the way that we often like to. But I want to play a little bit of the scene where some of the women in the village come to the family's house and question your being there filming and the overall insistence by you and an advocacy group on prosecuting the three men. Then we'll discuss what we hear in these 20 seconds. And the sound is pretty layered, and for a listener coming to that cold, uh, it's a cacophony, and there's music as well. But is that how you experience that moment, yeah. kind of as a cacophony and, and of what the family was up against? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that was, that was exactly, it was, it was the, um, 
it was a pretty overwhelming experience. And there were, uh, you know, in the film, you can't see the crowd that's gathered outside, right? And and there is a real kind of, I would say, for a while, there's a certain kind of calmness, um, you know, even though our driver comes in and says, okay, we got to get out of here. He's very calm about it, you know, and we're all quite calm. But outside, there was this real angry storm brewing. And at first, it was just women, you know, it was it was women. And then the men started to come. And, uh, you know, they, they really wanted us to get out. The women really wanted us to get out because the men uh, had been drinking. There had been some wedding. And so the men had been drinking and they were, you know, they, they felt the women felt that they weren't going to be able to control them. So they, you know, we, we actually went out at some point and tried to calm everyone down and managed to for a while. And then you know, I, I can't remember something happened and then there was another, you know, an eruption and then the men started, the men started gathering. <clears throat> so the women kind of carefully uh, guided us uh, to our vehicle and, and, and basically said, don't ever come back here. And we never did. And there was real risk here with the death threats against the father. He <laughs> suffered death threats, yet he followed his daughter's wishes. That's one of the things um, I think that you really celebrate him for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice because he absolutely adores his child and he wants to do the right thing. You know, I mean, and, and I, I think, I think for me, the, the, what I found so, so incredible about the film is it's her conviction, you know, like, at, at the age of, of 13 and then 14, because she was 14 when, when it all was over. But, you know, at that at that really delicate, tender age, she just had this sense of herself and uh, this kind of fundamental belief that she deserved justice, which I found so extraordinary. And I have no idea where it comes from, but and, she and just to, had it. Yeah, and to that point, I think, Listener writes, so ironic that a community could actually be made much stronger by making a clear statement of their intolerance of such barbaric behavior, but instead decide to sweep it under the rug. Uh, That listener, you know, responding to your description of what the community pressure against pursuing justice was. Mm. Uh, So I didn't understand that. Would you repeat it? Oh, I think that, well, I'm going to read it again. Okay. And I'll read the actual words of the listener. Uh, who says it's so ironic that a community could actually be made much stronger by making a clear statement of their intolerance of such barbaric behavior, mm-hmm. but instead they decided to sweep it under the rug. Or I would rephrase that as they pressured the family and you to sweep it under the rug. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, um, change, is, change is hard and change is slow. And you know, now the community, because of the step that he took, because of that, that first step, it has changed, you know? I mean, people people think about it. People remember. People know Ranjit and that family in, in that region. And there's a there's a tremendous there's a tremendous respect um for them and, and what they did. And you know, the 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 I think the thing that's really important to understand is no one in the community condoned the rape. No one said this was the right thing to do. Everyone understood that the boys were wrong, including their their fathers, you know. Um, What they wanted was just 
because in in their way of thinking about it and in their system, it's it was about okay, how do we solve this issue? This is this is what's happened to her is wrong, but how do we solve it internally so that we don't bring shame upon our community? And and you know you have to remember that is just it's a it's a different culture, and you cannot judge people for 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 being different. You just have to you have to meet them where they are and then try to get them to see things in a different way. And this is true across the world. I mm-hmm. mean there are so many issues in the United States and in Canada where I'm from in the UK. You know so many things that we have to fight for in terms of the way people think. Justice, oppression. It's not the, these things don't just take place uh, in 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 far off far off lands. So last question, and as we wrap up this series for this show with the directors of the five nominated feature-length documentaries and acknowledging one more time that um, each one comes from a different country that's not the United States, Uganda, Tunisia, Chile, Ukraine, and yours from India— um, what do you think about the crop of nominees yeah. this year from all over the world? And and what would it mean, perhaps, to the cause that you wanted to highlight in this film, not just the one family, but the broader cause, mm-hmm. if you win? Yeah. I mean, I think it's extraordinary, you know, that, that it was it was these five, these particular five that were selected. And I think, you know, there's something that's common that's kind of running, that's, you know, that's running uh, throughout. And I feel it has to do with that each film is about an issue that is bigger than the story that is represented. You know, it's, it's, they're, they're all issue-based films, uh, fundamentally, you know. Uh, to Kill a Tiger has a, has a narrative uh, that, that runs through it. Um, Four Daughters is so ex- exquisite in its in its form um but you know there's it's they're they're issue based and i and i think that's why and if you think about where we are in the world today and what's happening i think that is the reason that these five were 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 selected this is this is my theory and what would it mean to win um i mean like i think obviously it's extraordinary you know i mean every single filmmaker on the planet this is the platform that you dream of. This is the moment that you that you wait for, for every single director in the world, right? There is nothing bigger than the Academy Awards. And for, for, for me, just to even get here is extraordinary. And, you know, it, it, for me, it's, it's always been this, this platform um, affords an opportunity to get people to think about the issues that the film deals with and 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 that is uh, sexual violence and and the need to encourage survivors to come forward the need to change the systems that that survivors have to navigate in order to seek justice because what Karen and her father go through with the in the courts is 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 not exclusive to India you know, it, it, th- this is a reality that women yeah, okay. and, se- and you know, uh, survivors of sexual violence face around the world, right? Um, and I think the, the other thing for me, the, the thing that I really want to draw attention to, and I'm so grateful to be on this platform, is uh, masculinity and, and the need to look, to look at what is masculinity and, and how, do we, how do we address it and how do we give our young boys a different way of, of being male, and I think that's what Ranjit 
does so beautifully. And maybe that will be your next film as the one that you told us you were actually starting to uh, starting out to make. Yeah, it absolutely is, actually. <laughs> to Kill a Tiger is playing listeners at the Quad Cinema on 13th Street in Manhattan. If you want to still see it or see it in a theater. And we thank Nisha Pahuja. Good luck at the Oscars. Thank you, I Brian. I say that to all the filmmakers, <laughs> but I'm certainly saying it to you. Good thank luck. You. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much.